Hello, super fans. Um, this episode, about halfway through, um, Kenny's audio got really corrupted. Um, I did the best I can to fix it, um, but whenever he talks, there'll be like a like a staticky sound. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Past the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast where we talk about the various films that got nominated for the various categories of MTV Movie Awards and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing expert. Wow. And today we are joined, very special guests, several episodes of me saying he was going to be on in the making and... Oh, I didn't ask him what he was going to be an expert on. Hi, my name is Matthew Samard, uh, and I'm an expert at sleeping, or in sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is the one thing you're good at. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've heard you know your way around a sandwich or two. Well, I've been known to eat uh, a few sandwiches <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah. Ben and I were recently on a different podcast talking about Scooby-Doo, and... You're kind of like the real-life Shaggy in many ways. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a pretty apt description. But today we have a, a very special episode. Oh yeah, very special episode. This is the this is the first episode of our podcast not talking about kissing. So, Ben, going to have to find some new thing for Ben to be an expert in. But, uh, I'll figure it out by next episode. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but this week we are talking about a one-off category in the MTV Movie Awards. Um, they tried it once; they have never gone back to it. Even the official MTV report, like website, when you look up this category, has an article going, "Oh, it's kind of weird we did this." Um, <laughs> yeah, but in that very same article, they did have an honorary 2015 one, which which. Which tells me they have the chops. Bring it back and keep it going forward. Yeah, but today we are here to talk about Best Sandwich, which air, which a one-off category in the 1996 MTV Movie Awards. Um, in the first 30 episodes or so of the show, I'd like to ask their guests about their history with kissing. Um, this doesn't, I guess that doesn't really apply to you, so tell me about sandwiches. What's your history with sandwiches? Um, well, in... Uh... So I've eaten a lot of sandwiches, actually. Uh, in uh, junior high, in grade seven, uh, every day I would have uh, just a cheese sandwich. Uh, it was just cheddar cheese, marbled cheddar cheese, uh, between two slices of bread with some butter. Cheese uh, sandwich? Yeah. I would have gone for the grinder. Oh. <laughs> it was uh, not very good, though, because I'm uh, lactose intolerant. But uh, eventually, in grade eight, I moved up to uh, adding uh, ham to my sandwiches. Were you making these yourself? Or? Yep, I was ma- I was making them myself. I was my uh, own sandwich maker. Did uh, you know you were lactose intolerant at the time? Yeah, I did. It was an oversight for sure. 
And uh, so, by grade ten, I had, I had I had sorry to interrupt. I had uh, moved up to uh, tomatoes and uh, lettuce. Wow! So really, just a slow build to like mm-hmm. from basic sandwich to something a bit more interesting. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm sorry that you're um, you are lactose, and two out of the three sandwiches do have cheese on them. Yeah. Uh, I hope that I hope that's not going to affect your raking. Raking. I hope you can put your um. Your yeah. in your um your intolerance aside. Yeah, I'll try not to um, let my bias show. I'll try to be exactly. as non-judgmental as I can. <laughs> yeah, I'll say it's, it's too bad you weren't on for the kissing episodes because I know your first kiss story and it's very good. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. He says, <laughs> "Just yeah." But so now to take us back to nineteen ninety six. These MTV Movie Awards were hosted by Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo. Um, I believe this was around the time they were in Reality Bites together or something like that. Um, Best movie that year was Seven, a film we'll never talk about. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Best New Filmmaker, uh, wow, a lot of lack of... um hindsight on them this guy named Wees anderson i it's clearly they made a rough call on that never heard of this guy um with bottle rocket as best new filmmaker um and then with the lifetime achievement award going to godzilla so i guess you you miss one you hit one i guess yeah best new filmmaker it is his fun, funny like obviously they retired doing that category but it is always funny looking at those and sometimes you're like oh yeah no they nailed it and the other time you're like who is this just um <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I i like bottle rocket i like that it was a neat movie yeah it's like there when we eventually don't know if we'll ever like be able to do formal performances which go all over the place but if we ever do like breakthrough performance that's another thing too where some of the people who gave their breakthrough performance you just simply never hear from again um, yeah <laughs> it'd be a neat kind of look up where they are now yeah. yeah but the most important thing that came out of uh the ceremony um was a certain uh sandwich and sandwiches that were nominated for best sandwich in a movie yeah a sandwich in a movie and now we're back to the days of the early 90s where they don't really have much information on who presented or clips wait actually no i think i did find something about the best sandwich ceremony yeah i think um so it was um <laughs> It, it was um, uh, the person who accepted it. Um, one moment. It was someone like who had nothing to do with any of the films. It was. Yeah. It's oh yeah, Faye that. Dunaway. Just yeah, like is she was she in any of the movies? No. Um, no I just, um, yeah, she just <laughs> accepted the sandwich on behalf of Smoke. Yeah. Faye Dunaway um, from Bonnie and Clyde, from like Chinatown, Three Days of the Condor Network, just all these big, yeah, big, big films. Um, also, her yeah, 
one of the present one of the infamous presenters of best picture of the yeah on the on the academy awards where la la land was accidentally declared the winner but it was actually moonlight oh i think she let like warren Beatty take the fall for that one or well or it was just he was like reading from him but yeah fade down away like present accepted the award for best sandwich and said according to this article oh gosh thank you thank you very much this is great as an actress in hollywood i can certainly can most certainly emphasize with what it is to be a sandwich you know smash squeeze chewed up drool upon and occasionally spit out thank you which <laughs> it's a really Quite good the speech yeah yeah like i you think that was prepared you know um i'm just i'm you know a little uh i'm a little upset the sa- the sandwich didn't get to accept the award <laughs> um, <laughs> they would just like hold stills they would hold like the camera to the sandwich um <laughs> but I, well a sandwich would never eat a sandwich that'd be cannibalism yeah exactly like um should the winner go to the person that ate it because you know because sometimes we didn't even get to see it get eaten um mm-hmm. most of these films like did not really feature sandwich eating except for kind of the one but like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man but you know i guess you know it's it's if a sandwich is in your, it's not best eaten sandwich, it's best sandwich, I guess. Do we want to talk about the, like, or briefly touch on what MT, whoever wrote this MTV article decided the 2015 nominees were? Just... Yeah, we can uh, briefly, yeah. yeah, briefly touch on those to see, um, yeah, because it looks like their nominees would have been, uh, if they were to get a chance to do this again, um, would be the Dutch cheese sandwich from the Fault in Our Stars that they ate during, like, the picnic. Um, the roast beef mayo sandwich from Twenty Two Jump Street, okay, um, and then the Arby sandwich from Foxcatcher, um, <laughs> and like I don't know, it's if this one Twitter artist can can just randomly find like three sandwiches, because I, I feel like me and Kenny either either on either on or off uh, Mike did uh, talk about like it might just be really hard to find three sandwiches every year, but this person makes it look easy. Um, and their hypothetical winner was the roast beef mayo sandwich from 22 jump street. Um, and, and, and it thanked its contribution to sandwiches in cinematic history. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I know they could do it. I know that there are so many sandwiches that are just, you know, are just wasting away in Hollywood without their time in the sh- in the sunlight. Yeah, truly, just weird. They never revisited this category again. Um, I feel like it's a pretty solid category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just harder when there's no guarantee that you can get some big stars to come out for it. Um, yeah, it was. It's weird that it is the that it was. Yeah, it was just. Um, uh, it was just. A Faye Dunaway just like randomly mm-hmm. it wasn't like the director of smoke it wasn't anything yeah like just what if you really... you got the director to eat the sandwich you know like they recreated it and instead of giving a speech they just like ate the uh, ate the sandwich at the podium <laughs> I mean I, I would love that we'll talk about smoke very soon but like 
it is funny that I got nominated for the MTV Movie Awards at all. Like, yeah, like, it's yeah, um, yeah. Because Matt, you just finished Smoke, yeah. like a couple minutes ago. <laughs> um, I guess you don't have like a lot, uh, a grand experience with the uh, with the with the pantheon of of MTV movies they recommend, but like. It's not impossible that they recommend like a really good like kind of slower almost mm-hmm. like indie movie, but it is weird that it did that for best sandwich. <laughs> yeah, like this. I guess it's also the How to Make an American Quilt year. Yeah, I guess, oh man, someone was someone was on their A game this year, just like just sneaking in these really like these uh, amazing movies, and then also uh, Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also in looking this up, I did find a promo that showed all of the kisses. So I'm not I'm not sure if we ever had any any disagreements about which ones it was. But if we ever if we ever did, we can always go back and uh, and retract those. Because <laughs> I was I was I was trying so, and we can if if there's nothing else to say, we can probably segue this into our smoke talk. I mean, we have to announce we have to formally announce the nominees and winner. It's... Yeah, okay. All right, let's let's do that and then yeah, cuz there was um there might be a bit of discrepancy in in the smoked sandwiches. Mhm. Not yeah. smoked sandwiches, the mm-hmm. ham and cheese. Okay. Wait, th- did the promo show all the sandwiches? Just No, it didn't. It showed all the kisses though. Okay. It was like a 3-minute thing I found on YouTube. Oh. Yeah. All right. So for best sandwich in a movie, the nominees are Turkey Club Sandwich, Four Rooms, Submarine Sandwich with Tomatoes and Provolone, GoldenEye, and the winner, big surprise here, Ham and Cheese Sandwich, Smoke. Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, Smoke is just this lovely little movie just about, like, a couple people that live on, like, a block, and it just, it's, it's sort of this nice little sweet story, and I think, like, I guess some like a small motif is just like sometimes a character will just start telling a story and like it won't cut away to any like anything visual. It'll just be them sitting there telling the story. And mm-hmm. I, really, I, I really liked all of them. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some metaphor there for some of these. Um, I know like the uh, this is the one about like the, the dad or the son on the mountain who finds like his frozen father. Like that one yeah. was really neat about how he sees his dad who's been frozen and that he's like he's he's noticed now that he's older than his father. Um, that one's really like really neat and like a really especially good for like the the whole Cole family um, thing. Um, and then also the one at the beginning about like the person like trying to weigh smoke, which was really yeah. that's really neat. Yeah, that was really neat too. I like the one about uh, it was the one where the author uh, used the like his own book to smoke his cigarettes. Because it was the only papers he had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is like a story filled with like a bunch of little stories that are so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it reminded me of, like, again, uh, the aforementioned How to Make an American Quilt in some way, except more dude-centric. Um, yeah. How to Make an American Sandwich. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's where we get into it, because oh, I'll say this. I love this movie, but I also finished it, and I'm like, wait, what was the sandwich? Um, yeah so um so there are three possible contenders mm-hmm. that i feel like i've narrowed it down to and uh, so there's one near the beginning where there's sort of two people i think it's um the character 
um, oh, what's his nickname? Uh, Augie, uh, played by what is it? Harvey uh, uh, Kieto. Um, oh yeah, I think it's, I think it's Harvey. Yeah, Kaitel or just Kaitel. Yeah, um, and he sort of and there's like a thing on the table. Um, to be fair. Me and Matt were both working with um, what is presumed to be 720p, but I don't think it was. Um, so our, our images might have been a bit a bit a uh, little bit worse. But I think he, I think Matt said to me it looks a little bit more like a calzone. Yeah, it does. Um, especially if this were like a like sub sandwich, maybe. But I feel like because it's like a ham and cheese, I feel like the much more likely one is that later on in the movie, um, where um, uh, Harold. Uh, yeah, I believe it's like Perrineau. It's... Perrineau, yeah. Um, his character Thomas Cole um, goes to meet his presumed father, and there's it's sort of like one after the other. There's a scene where like he's the the um, the father played by Forrest Whitaker, who does an amazing job uh, playing Cyrus Cole, um, is sort of eating a sandwich, um, and then a little bit later. Um, uh, Harold is eating. I don't know if it's like the same sandwich or it's a different sandwich. There's a lot of sandwich ambiguity in this movie. Um, yeah. So it's either, I think I would put my money on it being the, uh, Forrest Whitaker sandwich. Um, but I have no problem in ranking all, all sandwich, um, mm-hmm. appearances in all the movies. Well, was there an issue with the slice with the like first sandwich because you later found something that specified it was like sliced bread? Yeah. So this though this might be a little contentious. So in the article that we were talking about earlier, there is an excerpt in that very same article where it says um, the ham and cheese on sliced bread sandwich from Smoke, but it doesn't say that in the Wikipedia. So I'm not sure. That might just be some post hoc. Um, you know, maybe there, maybe there was a word limit that they needed to reach for this article. So they were just being spicy about it. Um, so yeah, that is, that is some credibility. Yeah, but they also have access to the internal documents. <laughs> they what, sir? Yeah, but I assume if they work at MTV, they have access to the internal documents of like. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I th- think it, it is most likely one of the first or sorry, the later two sandwiches. Yeah, that that's where I would I would put them because I think yeah the first one looks a little more like a like a meatball sub or like a calzone. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't consider it a sandwich. But yeah, I just uh, quickly googled is a calzone a sandwich? They are stuffed <laughs> bread, not a sandwich. Ah, oh, do you know what? I hadn't even considered that. I always think a calzone's a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, immediately the first sandwich in air quotations is a. Uh, is disqualified from you know the rankings yeah exactly well that that is if it's a calzone that that might that be, is true someone, someone might contend with you even on that point yeah i didn't have uh, the best uh frame rate or frame quality yeah you, i was working with the same one you were yeah <laughs> hey, hey sorry i'm having a little bit of internet issues oh, so no. i no i've rejoined on my phone oh yeah but to go into like which one i think is the sandwich I definitely agree it's probably either the Whitaker or like the Whitaker sandwich or like the Harold Pinot sandwich. I I won't say Whitaker, but also, unless like you get a good look at it there, 
like, I feel the the most you have like a good look at the sandwich is when like he's eating his later for lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. You get a better look at that sandwich when Harold's eating it. Um, also, yeah, it's also good to see uh, Whitaker again after seeing him in uh, in Species and also Phenomenon um, previous kiss entries. Oh yeah, um, we're ba- back in the time of Forrest Whitaker. Um, yeah, <laughs> the Forrest Whitaker era. <laughs> With oh, sp- yeah, Species is also this year. <laughs> yeah. Species and Phenomenon, both about, I guess, kind of aliens? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say, there was also a bit, because when he's telling his story about, like, the guy finding his father, he specifically mentions a cheese sandwich at one point, and I was like... Yeah, I made, I actually hmm. made note of that as well, because um, I was like, wait a minute, yeah, is the sandwich like... that has been nominated not even real? <laughs> But then the the detail about the cheese sandwich never comes up again. No, it doesn't. And uh, yeah, no. But I, I, yeah, no. It's I'm glad me you have the have the same brain about that. <laughs> I frantically wrote that down because um, I was like, oh man, what if what if the sandwich only exists in the in a story in this movie? I don't even know if that would count. I, the integrity of the first and only uh, best sandwich is in jeopardy. Yeah, but I think the thing is, I just kept waiting for, like, a big sandwich moment, like, for someone to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a sandwich, but it's just, uh. really, but it was just kind of the stuff you saw, like, or maybe there was just a shot of a sandwich on a diner plate or something, and they're like, yeah. give it to that. Like, it's Yeah, something. I also, yeah, I, I analyzed as best as I could um, the food they're eating in the very last scene. I don't think it's sandwiches. At the very least, it's not like a ham and cheese sandwich. No. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, like, first rule of cinema, if you introduce a sandwich in the first act, <laughs> and if by the third act you haven't had a big sandwich moment, um, it truly cannot be classified as a film. That's a movie, not a film. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've heard that, too. I've heard that, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's also, um, I guess, a little, I guess, small spoilers for later in the list. Um if it is the ones that we think it we think it is, this is like the only movie where we actually get to see someone eating the sandwich in question. Yeah, um, it's also the one where it's like the least clear and the most uh, ambiguous. In the other two, it is like blatantly obvious. Mm. Um, like there is, as Kenny said, there are big sandwich moments in these other two movies. Um, whereas this one, uh, thematically uh, appropriately, as the rest of the movie is a lot more subtle and a lot more quiet. Hmm. Yeah, it's film again. Like I love this movie. I would like to say, oh yeah, it definitely deserves best sandwich. But like, I'm not sure if it just has like anything big enough to like yeah. justify. It doesn't have that Sammy factor. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's why I really liked Four Rooms. It's a uh, it sandwich moment was quite, you know. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This like. Uh. It's like kind of quiet sort of like little film just about like just people like doing things um yeah i would say ah man if i were to critique this movie i don't know how much i care about like the the um augie stuff with like his possible kid i just think i just think it isn't super coney where 
Um, and I wish that yeah. I wish there was time taken away from that put towards like the Cole family because I feel like we didn't really get a super. Um, we didn't get like get to get a super like satisfying ending to that. Um, but that being said, I love the um, the ending bit with Augie. Um, I absolutely like the 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 credits were amazing. Oh, where it like plays Tom White and it uh, it's like that black yeah, yeah. and white. Yeah, that was yeah. really cool. Oh, that was so that was just so lovely to watch. Yeah. Oh, um, that song was stuck in my head for days afterwards. Yeah. Like, to, yeah, Tom Waits <laughs> just very distinctive voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, uh, to give a little context to our listeners, um, so the ending scene. So there's sort of two ending scenes. Um, the first ending scene is sort of um, uh, Harvey's character, Augie telling a story to, I think, probably one of like the more main characters of this movie, uh, William Hurt's character, Paul Benjamin, who's like a writer, who who tells like the mountain story, and also, um, I think he also tells the Wang Smoke story, as well as, I think, I don't know if he tells the, the I think he tells like the author that rolled up all his paper to smoke it, of his book. Um, but he's just telling him a story about um, an old lady who he just randomly... Uh, like bumped into trying to return a wallet um, and she's blind. And so he just pretends to be her son. And like, they both kind of know, like they both know it's not real, but they're just sort of having this nice moment. Um, and then he ends up stealing a camera from her bathroom. Um, and I think it's implied that like these cameras like aren't hers. I think like her, her, either her, like her real son, I think, I think may have stolen them and put them there. Um, and then he sort of takes one of the cameras and just leaves because she's fallen asleep um, on Christmas. And it's sort of, <laughs> there's sort of like a moment where Paul Benjamin, uh, William Hurt's character, is like, uh, you're, you're pretty good at bullshitting, like bullshitting's a talent. Um, and then you sort of just get to see this the story actually play out mm-hmm. uh, while Tom Waits is playing. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just so, <laughs> it's so lovely. I don't know. There's just something, something about it that's just—it's such a, it's such a nice way of ending this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like a little bit surreal, to be honest, with how it's shot. Like it feels almost like a dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. and then and yeah, it still feels with... like he could have made that. Up. Like I do, like it's an ambiguous thing because the whole thing is, yeah, you know, the Paul character—he wants to answer this contest, but for a Christmas story, and can't think about it. And he's like, "What's the best Christmas story you know?" And then he tells him, yeah, and then he just tells him this one. And he's like, "Oh." thanks but yeah then you get that reenactment and yeah so i think the dream vibe is helped by the fact that the song is literally called innocent when you dream mm-hmm. yeah it's, it is... <laughs> yeah but this is like a this is a beautiful little film mm-hmm. um there <laughs> i i don't think we can uh we definitely can't uh sell it short though how weird it is that this we the only reason i've ever seen this movie is because it won best sandwich at the mtv movie awards (laughs) Um, i don't don't know how the people involved would feel about that um (laughs) because it's like it's a critically acclaimed movie i'm pretty sure like i'm pretty sure everyone that does talk about it speaks about it favorably but it's not like a well-known movie i don't think um i'm definitely not the film guy but i mean 
Yeah, it's it's pretty difficult. Like you can't even like really legally rent rent it or any, anything. Like luckily we all came across it through definitely legal means. But absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I know it's a film that. Uh, one of the producers of this movie, Peter Newman, his son Griffin hosts the movie podcast Blank Check that I love. And definitely, I think first thing that brought it on is they had had him on the show once. He's like, yeah, the only movie I worked on, like, on all I was like, I had this one, the one best sandwich. It was kind of confused, but, you know, it's like an award. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man. I'm trying to think if I have anything else more to say about about smoke. Um, yeah, this movie's sort of broken up into like uh, into like four little chapters. Um, like Paul, uh, 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 Rashid, Ruby, Cyrus, and Augie. Um, that's sort of the four chapters that it's that it's uh, sort of split up into, and it's just I don't know. It's it's like it's I think it's like. I think it's pretty rare that like a movie comes around and like I enjoy every single character and like mm-hmm. um and like every single like uh part. I think like I definitely like I said earlier, there are definitely things like small things I would change, but I definitely those definitely didn't come across while I was watching it. Um those are only things that I really can like dwell upon like kind of later when I when everything's sort of said and done. But like I definitely didn't um like not enjoy everything. Um, like while I was watching it, um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, I think it's, it probably, it's one, it's one probably downfall is that, um, I don't think that it's like, it's sandwich game is that great. Um, I think it's very real. I think it's real. Um, it's probably the most realistic depiction of sandwiches, um, just like a grumpy guy eating it on his like lunch break. Um, but I, I think in terms of having, you know, bringing in like the, uh, a game sandwich cinematic experience, I think it kind of fell a little flat. Yeah. I don't think it really uh, took center stage. You know what I mean? Of that scene. Didn't have its yeah. big sandwich moment. Yeah. I mean, personally, I would have gone with the grinder. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you said anything. Oh, Matt, do you have anything more to say about Smoke? No, no, you guys pretty much covered it all. It's a really good movie. Next time I watch it, yeah. isn't, it's uh, not going to be on double speed. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Ben guided you through this with this. So just watch them double speed. Um, tip, typical Matt, always the follower. <laughs> cool, so with that, we can move on to four rooms. A movie I feel both of you enjoyed a lot more than I did, so... Oh, yeah. No, I like this little uh, this little kind of quirky anthology. Yeah, I really liked it. I loved Tim Roth in it. Tim Roth was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the way he moves, too. It's so, um, it's so goofy. He's so, yeah. he's so animated. Yeah, really um, erratic and, like, yeah. twitchy. Yeah, like... Um, yeah, so the four rooms is an anthology. It's sort of like a small, somewhat anthology, um, sort of centering around this bellhop who visits four rooms. Um, there's like the honeymoon suite, room four hundred four, room three hundred nine, and the penthouse. Um, 
Yeah, so each of these stories sort of follows um, somebody calling in to get like bellhop services, and then him, the bellhop, interacting with that room and just it just being very unfortunate for him. Yep. Um, so like the first one involves um, witches trying to uh, resurrect or uh, bring to life Madonna. Um, I don't think it's Madonna in universe, <laughs> but it's it's played by Madonna. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they each each of them bring uh, their ingredient, but they're missing one ingredient, um, semen. Um, and that's where our lovely bellhop comes in. Um, this is probably the best part of his night. I think he even remarks <laughs> on that later when he's when he's very uh, fed up with everything else that happens. Um, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, what what did you, what is what are your sort of main thoughts on it, uh, Matt? And then we'll sort the... of pass it off to Kenny to see what what is big old problem with this funny movie is on the on the coven of witches or just in general just in general yeah that, that just, was i think that was the one that i i enjoyed like the the most um but i guess which out of the four anthologies did you enjoy the most uh, the one i enjoyed most would have to be the uh the second one room 404 where he's involved with the with this like hostage situation between a husband and wife but you don't know it's a husband and wife until it's revealed later and yeah uh, yeah oh no it's all good yeah and like they're sort of just like messing with him like he comes in and then the the guy with the gun like it's just pretty much he's pretty much convinced that he slept with his wife and yeah it's just it's just a just a unpleasant situation to be in um Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and then like the other two stories have um him sort of babysitting two kids um, Antonio Banderas is there for like a little, a couple really funny moments. Um, and then the last one where we see our titular sandwich is called, uh, the penthouse, the man from Hollywood, um, where Quentin Tarantino playing a director is there. Um, mm. and he's just having his party drinking Cristal. Um, and he's very like, he's very, um, uh, ecstatic about his Cristal. <laughs> And he's upset when people don't put the cork back on. Uh, but I guess, I guess, Kenny, what, what did what did you walk away from four rooms with? Okay, uh, yeah. First, I'll say, I Madonna isn't the person they're resurrecting because the person they're resurrecting is named uh, Diana, and played by someone named Amanda de Cadenet, and Madonna's character is is Elspeth. Oh, oops. Uh, yeah, wait. <laughs> Both of you are really good at knowing what Madonna looks like. Um, <laughs> I mean, folks, if I sound a little meaner this episode, Matt just brings it out on me, but it's all in good fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel I'm already being nicer to you than I expected to be. <laughs> it's your first podcast. I don't want you to, like, freak out, and then also I'm, like, yelling at you. So. <laughs> yeah, that um, would be good. It's interesting that you guys like gravitated to the first two segments because the critical reception of this movie, which was not very good, but people are like, oh, I mean, the last two segments were pretty good, and then the first two are just terrible. So it's... Really? It's interesting. Yeah. I felt like the it opening up with that like super surrealist, like, we're witches and we gotta undo the curse on our god so we can resurrect her. It was just so wacky for like 
just why are these witches meeting in a hotel? Like, I really liked it. I don't know. I'm surprised that that uh, didn't favor well. Yeah, it's also funny because each of these segments has like a different kind of director, and the yeah, I'll say the the witch segment is like yeah, directed by like Allison Anders, so nice that hey we got like a a woman director in the mix. But part part of the thing I paint a reputation to is like Allison Anders, and then uh, Alexandre Rockwell who directed the like second segment not really have big careers and then the other two segments are literally robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino yeah yeah when it goes into it i'll i'll say yeah i i did not enjoy the first segment that much it was like uh maybe i'd probably rewatch it but i just uh, it's like really wacky it was hard for me to like get in on kind of the the vibe of it and then it's just a lot of like we're it's aggressively sexual to throw at like the top of this film yeah that is, that is fair it was like super sexual it just kind of like bursted out with it yeah um the second one's also like vague yeah fairly like sexual but well that one i think is yeah is a bit more like or i mean well a bit more a uh, uh, dude the Jennifer Beals character, like Angela, who's just really nonchalant about the whole thing and shows yeah. up later on. It's like f- funny and so early on. And then, yeah. So the first two segments, like, yeah, I didn't really enjoy those that much. And then his behavior is like, I think the stuff of the, the kids is like pretty solid. Whenever Antonio Banderas is there, because he's like the dad and he's like, Make sure they behave, and it's just really vaguely threatening. Yeah, it's all good. And then, what what really turned this movie for me from oh I hate this thing to oh maybe they kind of win me over at the end is I think the very ending of it, like the Quentin Tarantino segment. Yeah, I that I really like that one as well. Yeah, the last five the last five minutes because the whole. Basically, the whole thing with the Quentin Tarantino segment is he has yeah, he's a director and he has been invited to join a challenge. His one of his friends has a bet that he can light a Zippo lighter ten times in a row, and if he succeeds, he's going to win the Tarantino character's car, and if he fails, his pinky's going to be cut off. And a lot of it is like Tim Roth, Tim Roth character. Trying to talk about it more when Ben is fully back. Mm-hmm. But, okay, cool. Yeah, but basically, Tim Roth's character is like, no, I'm absolutely not going to like cut off your pinky. I'm out of here. And then, but then the, they pay him money. He's like, $100 just to hear, hear him out. And then he's saying, if you just do this job, you yeah, we will give you like, an additional $900. Oh, I just have to go help my roommate with something quickly. I'll be like two minutes. Everyone's just walking around. So I guess also my sound is getting a little light for months, so. But, anyways, yeah. And then just the, the very ending, because they, they do all this build up to the challenge, but then the lighter immediately fails on the first try. Like Tim Roth cuts off his pinky right away, just takes the money and leaves. 
and it's so well like set up and the the, the payoff's really good and everyone who seemed like they were in control turns out to have like no idea what they were doing and everything's finally going wrong for them as they're trying to get this guy the hospital to like get his pinky reattached as a as a thing and that's the thing where I'm like oh yeah this wasn't all bad. Also, the last story is apparently adapted from a Roll Doll short story. What? Which, it's like, because on Wikipedia, it's like, it's loosely based on the works of Roll Doll. I'm like, oh, these were all Roll Doll stuff? But then it was just the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I really enjoyed, like, the, I really enjoyed all the stories, and I feel like they, each one sort of, um, kind of builds off the other or like uh it kind of at all maybe like that ending doesn't really work without the previous ones kind of like because kind of everything's going wrong until like the final one where everything seems to go like right um uh, yeah i think the only thing is i yeah i'm not sure the like build up works as much for me because i think the idea is tim roth is like of course really good at being kind of manic and insane but I think there to work for me. There has to be more of a gradual build up, and where like it, he seems more like a normal guy, and then you slowly like realize, and then you slowly kind of just watch his sanity get shipped away. At and then instead, it's just kind of he's ping ponging back and forth all over the place. Where like I, I feel like the build is there. I feel like from missing ingredient to wrong man to misbehaviors kind of all flows pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, I would say I would say. Oh, sorry, gone. Yeah, I feel, and part of it is just going in a different direction every time. But it, it does feel a lot like they kind of reset him back to like normal quicker at the beginning of each segment, and then it's him doing like this w- weird stuff where you're like, oh, he's just as weird as these guests, when maybe he needs to be a bit more of a straight man to it. But hmm, fair enough. Fair enough. Also, there's like an interlude sequence that I think they use to kind of connect stuff more where he calls his boss to quit and she talks him into like doing it more but then he gets about to like marissa tomei for a bit and where his boss is just kathy griffin yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah in this one um yeah i i that's fair um i still thoroughly enjoy i didn't know they had like a 13 percent on rotten tomatoes i thought this really yeah, I thought I thought everyone loved this. I thought this was like a like oh this is like you gotta see this, this is like a hidden gem, but apparently yeah, it's a, a guilty pleasure. Um, well, this is the film I think like Quentin Tarantino completed resent because you have to watch <laughs> like three stuff to get to his section. At the yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, I think Quentin. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like this is like one of one of Quentin's better performances. Given the last thing I saw him in was uh, was Django, um, where I'm pretty sure the only reason <laughs> I'm near I I can't confirm this, but I'm near certain the only reason they had him be Australian cowboys because he couldn't do a cowboy accent. I firmly oh, believe that because um, it's the weirdest detail. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, what did we all think of the sandwich? Um. I loved the sandwich. I thought it was uh, the big sandwich moment. It you know it took center stage or center screen, I guess. Uh, it had good yeah. presentation. You know everybody was looking at the sandwich. 
And uh, I think it yeah, was it. pickles, lettuce, and tomato and bacon. <laughs> Good classic. Yeah, it was a. It definitely. It was sharing a little bit of scene time with a with a donut. Um, yeah, but not screen time, which is that's more important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's whisked away pretty quickly. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, we don't get to see anybody eat it though. Um, so it, it is pristine. It's on a silver. It's literally on a silver platter. Um, yeah. Yeah. The thought was something which is good because yeah, the last segment he's coming in and he's near again in another movie he had his wits end, but here he's been like at his wits end at the end of like every seg- segment that he's basically been told, look, it's rich people. You go in, you do what they want, you'll get like a good tip, and then you don't have to like do anything else. So he's just really selling the performance, especially because they requested a whole array of items. So I'm going a block of wood, a donut. Three nails, and then like he he pulls up the sandwich, and then the gr- Angela, the girl from the second segment, kind of walks in. She's like, "Oh, that's for me," and just kind of walks off with it. And, yeah. <laughs> oh. and then, yeah, we don't get to see that sandwich again because it quickly moves into the hatchet as sharp as the devil himself, which is also a good descriptor of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially considering that hatchet is used for. Uh for uh, finger cutting, for pinky cutting later. <laughs> oh yeah, is it like he thinks he's supposed to cut something and they're like, oh, and they're like, oh yeah, no, it's for the finger. Yeah. yeah. Also, Bruce Willis has an uncredited role in that segment. Yeah, well, Bruce Willis, he's, he's one of like the main three people. Um yeah, was, it's weird that he's not credited. I guess I don't know. Would he have been? Would he have been like a household name by this point? When did when did yes. um die? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I heard it's the eighties. Yeah, because like I knew it was I knew it was Bruce Willis when I saw him. I don't know why they wouldn't. I, guess, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to wipe his hands from this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just he was doing Quentin Tarantino a, a favor, like. Because he definitely popped up in some of his like early stuff, or Pulp Fiction, obviously. Mm-hmm. Matt, did you like this film? Because the main character is just kind of everyone's punching bag, and you're like, I can relate to <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really liked Tim Roth in this. Like, I really, really liked him. It was super funny to me. Yeah, this, I I I'm I'm shocked that there's a, uh, not only on this podcast a difference of opinion, but apparently like this is not. I could have sworn this would have been like a well a well rounded, well liked movie. Yeah, like I th- uh, or like a cult classic. Yeah. yeah, that's so. It yeah, it just doesn't feel like it. It feels like oh, this is this cute little anthology with a bunch of funny little moments. Um, but yeah, oh man. Um. Yeah, I don't think I have much else to say about this one. Um, yeah, four rooms. Uh, yeah. Four out of four rooms, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I guess the last thing we can say, say about this, it's really a relatively short episode because there's only three movies, I suppose. But we definitely get a 
It's three movies, but it's a wild variety between all three of them. Yeah, neither, none of these these could not be more dissimilar. Um, like I can't, like I, like oh man, because like Smoke isn't really an anthology. Like it follows like a pretty like yeah. There's a lot of like intertwining things. There's a lot of things that interconnect. Whereas this one, like it's very like it's very much like Sin City. Um, it's very like th- there are cutoff points. There's a little bit of like intermingling, but they are like clear, very clear cutoff points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like and then and then Golden Eyes just a just a Bond movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I guess we can. What a, I guess what are all of our thoughts on Golden Eye? I know um, Matt did not get a chance to watch <laughs> it, um, but he did watch the sandwich scene. And he did watch the uh, the tank scene, which was my favorite scene. Yes. Wait, Matt, do you have much James Bond experience? Um, I've seen all of the uh, Daniel Craig ones. <laughs> and, I've seen uh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've watched bits and pieces of them with my dad as a kid when like they popped up on TV, like the older ones. Yeah. Yeah. Me and. Uh, oh, sorry. Go on. Oh no, because my next one. So Ben, you were telling me some stuff off mic before you yeah. watched this film. How many James Bond movies did you think there? I about? thought there. I thought there was maybe like seven, um, like total. But like apparently, yeah, this one is like the um, it's like the seventeenth or something, um, which is super duper wild. Because uh, I yeah, I definitely like. I didn't know like how many James Bonds are there. There's like five, right, or six. Um. Yeah, I didn't know there were so many. They just pop these out. It's like Doctor Who or something. Um, people just love yeah. it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, it's six Bonds. So it's going to be on their seventh. Sean Sean Connery and George Lazenby, who does exactly one film as James Bond, and it's one of the best ones. Then Roger Moore. And then, uh, then the guy. Oh, now I'm blanking on his his name, even though we would one right. Timothy Dalton, yeah, he does two movies as Bond, and they're both kind of dark. They're like darker films, thematically, and people don't like those ones as much. And, and so then, this is the first one with Pierce Brosnan, who is kind of the Bond before Daniel Craig, and it's kind of. Then going back to, well, let, well, let's make these films more, yeah, more classic spy capers, more fun, more romps. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the are... first one not based on Ian Fleming novels or Ian Fleming, and the first one not produced by the. All the James Bond films are produced by this one family, the Broccoli family. Oh. And this is when the original had kind of stepped down. So Albert Broccoli is out and Barbara Broccoli is in. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Also, like, oh man, like that opening scene, like, I think I've seen, I've seen a couple, like, James, I've seen like a lot of like James Bond parody material. I've seen all the Austin Powers. Um, <laughs> like, there's like a scene during like that opening sequence where you were like, it's doing like all like the really cool like visual stuff with like the title and all that there's a part where like a girl like opens her mouth and a gun comes out that looks like it's directly from like a parody um 
it is probably one of the goofiest looking things I've ever seen in like a in a in even in like Bond parody openings. Um and that that was my one sort of main takeaway from the from at least the opening is that um I think the pair I think the the amount they make these goofy for like uh for like comedy is not super far from what they actually were. <laughs> Is that the more it feels like, oh yeah, closer to the parody films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's so, it's just, I was I was a little shocked by it, it just looks really silly. Um, yeah, no. This is the first James Bond movie to come out after the collapse of the Soviet Union, yeah. which factors into the plot a lot, because <laughs> yeah. a lot of it is them going. They took full advantage of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is the first... I think it's the first one to have Judy Dench in it, and she plays kind of M for a really long time after that. And the only actor who reprises his role is the guy who played Q from the infamous sandwich scene, uh, Desmond Lou Ellen, who played that role for like a really long time, like decades, and I think oh, wow. stepped away. Yeah, and only like kind of stepped away sort of recently. Oh yeah, he's in twenty-two out of. 25? Oh, Jesus. Oh, what that feels like again. Oh. Oh, of the 25 Eon production one. And, yeah, it was even a... So, yeah, he was around for, like, a really long time. Wait, yeah. Oh, no, the character Q, not the actor himself. Never mind. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I okay. thought I clicked on the actor name. I'm like, no, wait, that's impossible because I know John Cleese <laughs> starts doing it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. I guess what did you, what did you think of the movie overall, uh, Kenny? Yeah, you been this is, or see Matt. This is what happens when you don't watch the film. <laughs> Oops. Actually, I feel we still have guests who like him. Feel free to still participate. By the way, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Money's worth from having yeah. you on. Yeah, for what it's worth, like if you were gonna miss one, I feel like this is the one to kind of miss. Yeah, I've never um, really been yeah. a James Bond guy, you know. It never really like yeah struck my I think, imagination. Yeah. I think movies, yeah, movies. You've like... seen all the Daniel Craig ones, though. <laughs> yeah, those were because my friends wanted me to watch them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like movies. Like... Yeah. Yeah. So when so when you're watching No Time to Die, you're like, oh, there's no time to die. Why is this so long? <laughs> <laughs> It's apparently a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I feel like movies like these are really kind of, they're really only as good as like their kind of set piece, big set piece moments. Yeah. Because um, like there's there's not a lot, at least in this one, they didn't feel like there was like a lot in between those of like, um of like substance. It felt like exposition and then like, um like big action scene. And like, I don't, I don't particularly mind that. Um, I feel like if every if every action set piece in this movie was as good as the tank one, um, this would be like an amazingly fun film to watch. I just feel like it never nothing ever reaches that energy of like him like pulling him like him like driving like out of the darkness of the train tunnel in the tank to like yeah. play a game of chicken. <laughs> oh yeah, so Desmond Llewellyn was Q in seventeen James Bond films between nineteen sixty three and nineteen ninety nine. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I enjoy this one. 
GoldenEye, also a film I think that's more known for the N64 game. Um, what's yeah. considered one of the best, has the big multiplayer. I played it and it was been like, I'm not sure I get what made this one so cool, but I think it was, it was probably it was just like one of the first. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it's it's not one of those things that it's like it's more good because it's of its like novelty and not because of its quality. Yeah. yeah. Also, the pause yeah. music popped off. That was some good Ooh, pause yeah. music. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh. So you do have some experience with GoldenEye, man. Yep. You can hold it out on <laughs> just the '64 version. I'll say, I do think the thing that's kind of interesting about this film, especially because obviously, yeah, it's about the world's changing, the Cold War's over, and so then the villain in it winds up becoming kind of Bond's former ally, which feels like something they do more in one of like the, the Craig films. Like, it's interesting that he's 007, and then Sean, Sean Bean, uh, Nettered Stark himself, is playing the villain 006. Yeah, is that like a character that has not... Is that like a character from any other movie, or did they introduce it in this movie? Like um, 006. Yeah, it seems like he was... Yeah, it seems like he was just in this film. Yeah, I guess... Oh, yeah, like, this is the first one that doesn't have book element. Yeah, this is the first, like, Bronston one. Um, uh, Bron... Or whatever... Pierce Bronston, Bro- Bronston, um, so, yeah, yeah. So like, I guess they they get like a chance to sort of like introduce like a new character. But it's like 006, That's not bad. That's like a really neat little little thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll say as you said, a Bond film's only as good as its set piece. But also sometimes it's only as good as like its villains. And his villains go. This guy's like pretty good as like being kind of, I think on a thematic le- level, kind of being so similar to James Bond, but then. Also, kind of just villainous. Yeah, and he has that. He has that famous, that famous sort of like scar that doesn't touch any of the important parts yeah. of the face. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, try, trying to yeah, this film also has like his like sidekick there of Xenia Onatop who. Again, something that I feel like I've seen more in James Bond parodies, just Wikipedia calls her a sadistic lust murderer. She enjoys torturing her enemies by asphyxiating them between her thighs. Yeah. <laughs> every, every, like, every scene that Bond is in the room with, like, a woman, there's, like, sexual tension. I, I feel like that's super deliberate. Um,. And I guess that's probably maybe like the reason that people like the, the I feel like that's that's definitely one of the draws, um, of like of like this series, um. Uh, but like yeah, I feel like that's also like leads to like there isn't like there isn't that many like sort of like quiet nice moments, um. It's like it's either like hostage situation, um, like exposition or big action scene. What do you expect? It's the James Bond. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I wonder if the Daniel Craig ones sort of follow suit with that. So, yeah. Those ones, I'll say, definitely allow for a bit more quiet moments of introspection. Also, yeah. what's what's really funny about the Daniel Craig films is the initial hook with him is, all right, he's the young Bond. Now we're going back to like the beginning with like his first couple missions. So like they do Casino Royale, which is 
like supposed to be his first double O mission. And then Quantum of Solace is a direct sequel to that, and it's him like traveling around. And then Skyfall, which comes out years later, though, the whole thing with that is like, you're a relic of your time, Bond, you're a dinosaur. And it's like, <laughs> what? what do you mean? <laughs> and then every mean? Bond, yeah, and then the other three Bond films are about how like he's old and he's not sure he should be James Bond anymore. And it's like, he was a young guy, like, at the beginning of this film. <laughs> Uh, and because the Craig films have more of like a ongoing narrative arc, it's all it's also one that, that like stand, stands out where you're like, I just don't think he's been like in a role long enough for them to be going that he's a relic of the past. But <laughs> yeah, and Matt, you watched the tank scene. What do you think of the tank scene? I thought it was awesome. Great insight. <laughs> <laughs> I really, uh, I really like the sound effects of it. The sound design on it was really, really fun. Like uh, when he's busting through like the cobblestone walls and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure cobblestone doesn't sound like that when it smashes, but they made it sound <laughs> just like a hundred times more exciting than it should. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it really looked like it. It caused a lot of like chaos yeah <laughs> like, uh, like when i think of, i don't know yeah usually when i think of like james bond i think of like espionage but like i don't think you can get further from espionage from like driving like a tank yeah. through everything and then blowing up a train uh, come on it's, it's a classic yeah. classic spy move <laughs> yeah uh, what did we all think of the uh, the sandwich, the um, the submarine sandwich with tomatoes and provolone? That's a really funny bit. <laughs> yeah, it is a really funny bit. And we also learned that uh, it like the bread itself didn't like crumple or right. Like we could tell that the the crust was still wet, so that the sandwich mm. itself wasn't too dry. <laughs> um, yeah, it comes after a pretty funny pen explosion. Yeah. That's my lunch. <laughs> yeah, so for anyone who's like seen a James Bond film or like a parody, of course, it's doing the classic scene where he's meeting with the gadget guy and he's getting all the gadgets he'll use in the mission, which may or may not like pay off later. And then as he's just like looking through around everything and all of the average stuff that's there, he's like, yeah, he's picking, he picks up a sandwich, just picking up a sandwich to look around and then. Hugh kind of stops him and he's like, careful with that. He's like, what? He's like, is that dangerous? He's like, no, it's my lunch. Just, <laughs> again, just really simple, really funny bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say, though, that is the, that is the, it is the sandwich that I would be least likely to eat just because of the <laughs> amount of times that a James Bond uh, touches it. He picks it up yeah. and like, rolls it all over his hands. <laughs> or rolls it all around in his hands. <laughs> Oh, too good for a sandwich that someone else has picked up. <laughs> Listen, he is, he is a, uh, he is a man of uh, of high sandwich standards. <laughs> Provolone's a good sandwich cheese, though, and you can't go wrong with tomatoes on a sub. Yeah, I thought you couldn't eat cheese. Oh, I mean, I still will. I just, I'll just regret <laughs> it in about four hours. At a price. Yeah, provolone's maybe one of my favorite kinds of cheese that kind of gives us an an edge. 
not so much a big fan of the tomatoes, because as a kid I had a tomato allergy. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's... Even though I don't have, like, you know, I'll eat ketchup or marinara sauce or something, the actual tomato stuff, like, it just does not sit as well with me. But... Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, any other uh, sandwich details of notes or movie details of notes? I thought the ending where he and Natalia, who's like the programmer of the lab, who's good, and they're getting ready to finally enjoy some, like, alone time, and they're making all or whatever, but then all of a sudden, oh, because he's like, it'll take him forever to get there. And then the Marines, not only do they immediately show up, it turns out oh, many of them have been in disguise as, like, foliage around. So they, were, so they were definitely just watching them make out and do James Bond stuff, and then they reveal they were there, which I think is, like, a good, like, joke to end yeah. it on. Um, yeah, and, like, oh, man, it was, it took me off guard, because I think um, Four Rooms did this as well. Like, this was kind of the era of uh, the credits just sort of coming up from the bottom, even though, like, it hadn't faded out at all. Um, don't really see that that often nowadays. Yeah. Um, I also think, like, it, it's some good James Bond stuff where at the end, when he's kind of, kind of yeah, fighting 006, and then he he's asking us, like, oh, who's your death for? Your masters? He's like, what? no, no, it's for me. And then he just lets him plummet down. It's one of those classic Bond lines where you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Um, yeah. Um, oh, another really... Man, I wonder... This one... Man, I wonder why this one missed out on Best Kiss. Because, um, like, there's, like, a nice... There's a nice little scene where, like, there's... Um, where, like, it's... Uh, I think one of them says, like, Oh, aren't there, like, any, like, any, like... Um, like, uh, like company policies? It's, I think they said a different word. A little less lame. I should know about. And then Bond is, like, thousands. But I only pay them lip service. And then they kiss. That's really good. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I, yeah. Oh man, you couldn't get away with that anymore. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Trying, trying to go against company policy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Um. I think it's time to get to our movie. Uh, then sandwich rankings. Yeah. So Ben, you can, or Matt, you can just rank the two two movies yep. you've seen. Yeah. Ben, and then we'll rank the sand. We do movies first, and then sandwich. Thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So I'll I'll go first. Um. So I think uh, at the bottom, I think I'm gonna have Goldeneye. Um. It's really good. It was, I think this is my my first Bond movie. Um, and I feel like it really, it's one of the, it's one of those weeks where I enjoyed the movie surrounding it so much that it is, I feel like I have a perception of it being a little worse than it probably truly is. Um, and then above that, I would have, uh, Four Rooms, just a lovely little anthology with Smoke, uh, easily at the top. This is a lovely, lovely film. Like it's a must watch. Yeah, um, for me, I would have four rooms at the bottom. Yeah, like it's, again, I almost come around it on the end just as I think that ending is so incredibly strong. Like, 
really just really good ending, but like I am not just not that big on the first two sections. Who knows? Uh, I'm glad it has its defenders, and I'm glad that its defenders are on this podcast. And mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's interesting seeing to hear you you know from people who don't maybe don't watch as many movies as me when they watch it, they're like, oh no, this is good. It makes me go, hmm, maybe I'm wrong here, but. Yeah, it's it's on my bottom. Then Golden Eye above that, just fun classic James Bond stuff. And um, I also haven't seen tons of Bonds. Like I, I've seen all of the Craigs pretty much, and a couple of the Conneries. And yeah, it's interesting to see like one of the Brosnan era ones. And then Smoke. Yeah, loved, loved, loved Smoke. Um, and I think it's just one of those cases where. Well, I've well, we talked about it a fair bit, but we're just one of those things where it's really hard to talk about, about films you really love sometimes. Um, so, Matt, you watch two movies. Rank them. All right. So my uh, second place would definitely be uh, Four Rooms. I th- when I started watching it, because it was the first one I watched, I thought it was going to be uh, my favorite of the three, or I guess two. But uh, definitely Smoke is a lot better than it. I really, really enjoyed Smoke. I think it was super emotional and super uh engaging and like the like the most where they uh talk about stories sorry my mic messed up there uh without like cutting away to a visual i really really enjoyed that and found it really fun yeah it's nice to hear people talk sometimes yeah it's it's very um yeah, very similarly to like the this movie kind of mm-hmm. is like the the book that Augie was painting together. It's just people, you know. Yeah, but how did the sandwiches stack up? Yeah, so um, at the bottom of my sandwich thing, I'd probably have to put the I disagree with the Academy here and put the the ham and cheese smoke one at the bottom. Um, I feel like maybe if this best sandwich. Uh, was a ongoing thing that they did for uh, several decades. I might see the value in a little more of a subtle, more mature sandwich scene. Uh, but I feel like for this one-and-done shot, I feel like you needed to go over the top. Um, and then right dab in the middle. Um, whew, it's really tough. Um, I think I would have the submarine sandwich with tomatoes and provolone with the turkey club sandwich at the very, very top. I think it had like a lot of good presentation. I think the scene itself was really good. Um, it's, you know, it's, again, doesn't take up too much time. It's whisked away so quickly. Um, it just also like looks really tasty. It probably looks like the best sandwich out of all of these um, in terms of like, I would actually probably want to eat it. Um, yeah, so that's my uh, that's my wow, um, how my sandwiches stacked up. How about you, up. Matt? How was your sandwich rankings? Uh, my sandwich ranking is actually the uh, the same as Ben's. Uh, I thought the yeah the uh, sandwich from uh, Smoke was just it didn't wow me. You know, it was like yep, that's a guy eating a sandwich. It was very real. It was a very real moment, a very real sandwich. But it didn't it didn't feel like it should have won any sort of award for being a sandwich. And then. Uh, the one in Bond, you know, it was funny. It had that comedic moment, but uh, it was the Turkey Club from uh, Four Rooms that really, uh, really floored me, really made me go, that's a sandwich. You know, it had the big sandwich moment. It was revealed on the silver platter. Uh, so 
that's the winner for me. Hmm. I plan on you for being unoriginal and copying Ben, but I also <laughs> think I have the same three rankings. Just because, yeah, the smoke smoke sandwich. Again, I I don't know it's fine. I, I just really you're missing that kind of sandwich moment. I'm I'm not sure how this was nominated. I'm definitely not sure how it won because. Even with all the sandwiches, sand like, wait, how many voters were watching Smoke? Just this little art house film. Um, and, you know, it's fun that it won, but it's just not, not a great sandwich. And, <laughs> and yeah, the GoldenEye one is fine. Like, looks good. But all the stuff around the sandwich is kind of funnier than the sandwich itself. And sort of detracts from that, where the four rooms... It's just like a really quick but really solid shot of like a delicious looking sandwich. And... Yeah, I think, oh man, I have a theory that this year there must have been some tampering. Uh, the fact that like How to Make an American Quilt even made it on. I feel like this year, like something, somebody on, on the team just like wanted to put their faves. Yeah. Um, well, just like a walk in the clouds, maybe getting on because of like Keanu Reeves, but also you're like, how did this get yeah. here? It's <laughs> exactly it. So, something must be happening behind the, the movie. Scenes. Clueless was out that year, and it seems to have barely got in any nominations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess Clueless got like four. Yeah. So that is um. Yeah, that is how. Um, I think, yeah, we all pretty much, I think that we all, we all pretty much voted the same in all three categories, right? Or am I, did I miss No, I had four rooms at the bottom and then my, so my sandwich oh, rankings yeah. and movie rankings are completely flipped. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, this, this one and only category and this one and only podcast episode. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, we, uh. We decided which sandwich we wanted to pick. I mean, I think this is good as like a palate cleanser before we move on from like big category to big category. Something that was e easier, giving us something odd to look at, and yeah, yeah, it... yeah. And I, I, yeah, I never thought a ham and cheese sandwich would ever cause me to watch uh, something that probably is going to end up being one of my favorite movies. No, yeah, again, it's, as much as we're like, oh, the smoke sandwich wasn't that good, also maybe we missed it entirely, which, if you've seen smoke and you know it's a sandwich yeah. in, in it, let us know, because I definitely walked yeah, away from this you... film thinking I had missed the sandwich. <laughs> yeah, if you have, if you remember, if you were there at the 1996 MTV Movie Awards and you know which one they showed, um... Please send it our way. If you're one of the producers, um, if you're like Joe Gallen and you have the clip that shows exactly <laughs> what you were going on, send it to us sandwich. and we'll do Best Sandwich Revisited, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show, guys. This was, uh, this was a blast. Not done yet, Matt. You ought to recommend stuff. Oh, so now we're moving on to Recommendation of the Week where, yeah, we'll take turns and we gotta recommend um, anything you want, basically. So, Matt, did you did you prepare anything? Uh, I was gonna recommend the uh, album Donuts by Jay Dilla. 
It's a really uh, cool album with a cool little backstory. What was the backstory? Uh, it was essentially a, a very prolific producer. Uh, he was on his deathbed, and it's kind of his magnum opus. He wrote it in the hospital bed. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Ben, what do you have to recommend? Oh, man. So this week, oh, man, what should I recommend? Oh, man. Um, you do yours while I, while I think of one. Okay. So I had one, but I've lost it. Um, yeah, what am I gonna do this week? It's, it's one of those things where I've been busy once again. Um, I, yeah, let's see. Okay, yeah. Uh, I thought of something. I started watching the this. Uh, actually, hmm. Is that too big to plug? No, screw it. So Euphoria is a show that has been very big right now. Very big with the teens. It is a teen drama. It's very maximalist. Very bright lights. Very everything. And last week I said, hey, you don't necessarily have to do Euphoria. You can watch Degrassi, Canadian, shorter. But this week, like, hey, watch Euphoria. Or even just watch the clips that get spread around it because it's very clippable. It, I'm not going to say it's a show that everyone would like necessarily. Like, it. It's, I watched this show and like, yeah, if no one else watched this, I would completely understand because it is, the vibe is insane. Like, the most recent episode of Euphoria spends 15 minutes, like, explaining the backstory for one of the characters' fathers. And it's just like actors you've never seen playing like a character who is kind of the antagonist in this show and a real creep and you're kind of learning what makes him tick and then it goes into a whole bit where Maude Apatow daughter of Judd who's on the show is writing a play because she feels like the sidekick so she's like well what if the sidekick was the hero so she writes like a play about being the sidekick and then Zendaya has a whole thing of her kind of relapsing into kind of drug addiction and her plan to cover it up by just telling people that, oh yeah, I'm doing like a bit of weed and kind of gaslighting everyone to be okay with that when she's actually doing much worse stuff. And all of this just exists in the same space. And there's more interludes. And yeah, it's a crazy show. I watch it every week. And yeah, that's what I got. Okay, Ben, you got something? Um, yeah, um... I would like to recommend a, um, this is sort of like a animated music video called Wire. Um, I really like the song. I really like the way it looks. Um, it's on a YouTube channel called, um, Worth Eye Kids. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce that, but if you just say, like, it's just that, but all one word. Um, it's called Wire. Uh, you should be able to find it. Um, and that is my recommendation of the week. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, so now we're at the end. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming on. And 
Yeah, thanks for having me. It was your first podcast, so you're a little nervous, and I, I think you did good. Yeah, I think this went well, I hope. And now I'll just reuse the bits where you're like, haha, awesome, and then just put in future episodes and we never have to have you on again. <laughs> I'll say this, it's worth it to get your little... Well, at least I got to put it, my... It's worth it to get your little giggle on there. Best giggle in the business. Mm-hmm. Aw, thank you. Do you have anything you'd like to promote at this time? Like any... or plug? Um, no, I got a SoundCloud if you want to check it out. It's called Mini Makes Music. Uh, all oh, one you word. finally made more distinct? Mini like Minnie Mouse. Or not like Minnie Mouse. Mini like M-I-N-N-I-E. Yeah, like, like Minnie Don't Mouse. Don't sue me, Disney. <laughs> Don't sue me, Disney. <laughs> oh, so it's not just a string of random numbers anymore? No, no, I actually got a URL. Great. Because when I'm like, oh Luna, yeah, I'll start not... plugging that, and it was just random numbers. Actually, the reason I didn't plug it was because I forgot to, but... Uh-huh. Oh, well. But, yeah, if people like the stuff that you do for the show, and they should, then they should go check you out on SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben? Oh, yeah. Um, If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at at gakgak. Uh, That's uh, at G-H-A-K, G-H-A-K. Uh, and then if you want to find me on my Instagram, where I'm doing two uh, pictures a day uh, for the whole dang old year, um, that is not two pens, that is uh, not underscore two underscore pens. And that is the number two not spelled out. Oh yeah, uh, you've never really specified that's just the number two. I wonder if people have been typing in two. They'll find it. Yeah, you can find me on... And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Like a Wolverine. You can find me on Letterboxd, also at Like a Wolverine. Um, and yeah, also on that Letterboxd, you can find like the full list of films for what we're doing next. I didn't make a best sandwich list because it's just the three movies, but yeah, I guess at this at this point, oh. Oh no, I still have stuff to say before we wrap up, but if there's one thing we've learned is that MTV should bring back Best Sandwich. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah. We know that they're capable, you know. There are sandwiches out there. Yeah. You... Or at least like Best Lunch Food, you know, sandwich is a bit <laughs> okay, too... Okay, uh, yeah, you're off the like... podcast. You're, you're out. <laughs> uh, we need to get a new guy to do our theme songs. <laughs> I don't want to associate with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cut everything out of set. No. <laughs> Just have weird gaps. <laughs> well, you didn't say a ton, but you're like a master editor at this point. Um, no, uh, yeah. no, no, you're you're still good. Um, yeah, so our theme song is by Matt, the guy you heard talking and giggling whenever I said something vaguely mean towards him. Um, <laughs> listen to his stuff, huh? shoot him a compliment on his SoundCloud, because as you can see, he clearly... Does not have the high enough self-esteem for it. <laughs> no. And then Ben does our artwork. We are hosted on Friendly Mush. Um, yeah. I kind of do the social media for the pod, but really gotta step up my game on that. Oh yeah! You can find the pod on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Pasta Golden Popcorn, and I really gotta start posting to that account. Um, 
You can email us at pastorgoldenpopcorn at gmail.com if you know where the real sandwich from Smoke is and we all just missed it somehow, but... And all that's left to do is talk about what's coming up. So next week, we are now moving on, having gone through this vigorous best sandwich category, all the episodes nominated. We are now going to embark across... The next kind of big, big season for our podcast, really, looking at the awards for best villain. And so, so we step back in time, time this week from kind of 2021, where we had last left Best Kiss Off, all the way back to 1996. And now next week, we're going to step back even further to 1992 to look at a new villain, yeah, kind of. Some one familiar film and some new ones, but new categories and new perspectives. And for 1992 Best Villain, the nominees are Robert De Niro, Kate Fear as Max Cady, Robert Patrick, Terminator 2 Judgment Day as T-1000, Alan Rickman, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as Sheriff of Nottingham, Wesley Snipes, New Jack City, as Nino Brown, and the winner, Rebecca De Mornay, the hen that rocks the cradle, as Peyton Flanders slash Mrs. Mott. Yeah. Oh man, I <laughs> I <laughs> I wonder how many times um, we're gonna have a um, a crossover between our our best kiss nominee and her best vil- or our uh, villain nominee um <laughs> uh, i guess our, our first one will be cape fear um i wonder how many times that'll happen throughout the whole experience i think it'll happen more as as we get deeper into it like the 90s is yeah. like a variety of of stuff but yeah. then there's literally a time where we'll be covering Spider-Man, Daredevil, and Gangs of New York again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. you know, for those ones, we'll figure it out. We'll focus on, like, the specific performance elements. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, keep passing that golden popcorn. Keep sharing those sa- sandwich. And just remember... You're innocent when you dream. When you dream, you're innocent. <laughs> when you dream, when you dream. Oh, his voice is just so gravelly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, but. I think the thing is, I just kept waiting for like a big sandwich moment, like for someone to go, oh yeah, I'm doing a sandwich, but...